Hi, I'm Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today, I want to talk about a quality of inner beauty. We so often as women hear about the importance of cultivating inner beauty, but very often we don't really know what that means. And really, it's looking at the nature of Christ, the qualities of Christ, letting him transform us from the inside out with his nature, with his character. And one of the qualities of his character is meekness. So I want to talk to you today about beautiful meekness, which is an attribute of inward beauty. And I want to start by sharing a story that really impacted me from Amy Carmichael's book, Gold Cord. If you're not familiar with Amy Carmichael, she is one of my missionary heroes. In the early 1900s, she was in India as a missionary, and she spent most of her life there rescuing thousands of children from being sold into temple prostitution. Just had an incredible impact on my life through the books that she wrote. And one of the stories that she shared really exemplifies this quality of meekness so beautifully. When she first arrived, in India, she had the opportunity to travel and speak at evangelistic meetings and really make a name for herself, both in India and in England, which is where she came from. And But at the same time, as she was had all these incredible opportunities, God was bringing these helpless children and babies to her doorstep that nobody wanted, that nobody could care for. And she was really torn between that decision, do I stay home and feed bottles and change diapers and rock children to sleep? Or do I travel around and you know, speak to large crowds and really make a name for myself and really take the opportunities that, that are sitting right in front of me? And she chose to serve these little helpless babies. And she looked for other Christians who would come alongside and serve her. And all of them said the same thing. That's too demeaning. It's too degrading. That's too lowly. We have much more important things for us to invest our time into. And even though that was a very disturbing thing to hear, that was in in the culture at the time, caring for these little helpless babies was like the lowest of the low. You just don't do that. As a Christian, you're supposed to be out there preaching and evangelizing. And people told Amy that she was wasting her talent and her life by serving these little babies. She was giving up the opportunity for honor and large-scale impact in order to serve the very weakest. And a lot of times the babies wouldn't even survive. But as she wrestled with with that decision, this is what really caused her to choose to serve these weak little ones. She was reminded of the example of Jesus when he took a towel and washed his disciples' feet. And it says in John 13, Jesus, knowing the Father, had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. He rose from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and washed his disciples' feet. And this is what Amy wrote about that scripture. He took a towel. The Lord of glory did that. Is it the bond servant's business to say which work is large and which is small, which is unimportant and which is worth doing? The question answered itself and was not asked again. What a powerful understanding of that example of Christ. God does not waste our time. And it's not really our job to say which work is important, which work is unimportant, but just to say, Lord, I'm yours. However you want to use my life, I'm available to you. Later in her life, Amy Carmichael built upon that principle when she wrote these words, If I covet any place except the dust at the foot of the cross, then I know nothing of Calvary love. 
That statement so convicted me when I first heard it, the dust at the foot of the cross, to see the humility that Jesus chose and to choose that very same humility. That doesn't come naturally for any of us, but Jesus said, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. And despite what we commonly believe, our lives will only bear eternal fruit when we choose to follow in those dusty footprints of our humble Lord. Amy Carmichael's life really showcased this reality. Because she chose the lowest place, because she chose to serve the weak, it opened the door for her to rescue and disciple hundreds and hundreds of children and rescue them from death and destruction and impact countless other Christians around the world, even decades after her death. That decision to say, I want to cultivate the meekness of Christ in my life actually caused her life to bear more fruit than if she had just listened to what was popular at the time and done what was better for her reputation. Now, when Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, the word meek here means humble and gentle. And it's actually the same word used in 1 Peter 3, 4 to describe the inner beauty of a Christ-centered woman, the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, very precious. When I used to hear that phrase, meek and quiet spirit, or some translations say gentle and quiet spirit, I would always picture this sort of mousy, somber, overly serious woman sitting in a dark corner knitting. And that's not really a very appealing image. And it was hard for me to imagine that meekness could actually make a woman truly shine with incorruptible beauty, as this verse says. But if you understand what true meekness is, it's not timid and mousy and somber. A woman who is truly meek exudes the beautiful, quiet strength of one who is fully surrendered to her father's will and lives for his glory alone. That's exactly what Christ exemplified through his life. It was meekness that Christ demonstrated when he left his throne and became of no reputation and was born into a humble stable. It was meekness that he was expressing when he bent his knee and washed his disciples' feet. And it was meekness he showed in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, not my will, but yours be done. And that is the path he asked us to follow as well. In Matthew Henry's commentary on that verse, blessed are the meek, he writes this, the meek are those who quietly submit themselves to God, his word and his rod, who follow his directions, who comply with his designs and are gentle towards all men having rule over their own spirit. And I think Mary, the mother of Jesus, so beautifully demonstrated this quality of meekness when she kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, as it says in Luke 2, 19, instead of broadcasting the fact that she had been chosen to be the mother of the Savior of the world, she chose to obey God quietly without pomp or fanfare. And that's an incredible picture of meekness. Really, some of the most beautiful examples of godly femininity that I've ever seen have possessed meekness as one of their chief qualities. And God used their humble, surrendered heart to change the world. I've spoken before about Lilius Trotter. She was a a Victorian painter in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and just had the opportunity to really be incredibly famous and go down in history for her art, but chose to give all of that up and go serve in obscurity in the slums of Algeria. She chose meekness, and because of that, incredible fruit came out of her life. Another example is 
Biddy Chambers, who was the wife of Oswald Chambers, and I may have talked about her before in other podcasts. I'm so inspired by her life because after her husband's death, she chose to quietly serve God behind the scenes. She is responsible for compiling all of his talks into daily devotionals, and that eventually became My Utmost for His Highest, which is a devotional that most Christians are familiar with and has been probably the most popular devotional in Christianity. It's impacted countless thousands of people. She never wanted any credit for all the work that she put into that. That book wouldn't even exist without her quiet labor behind the scenes to organize all of Oswald's notes and lectures into devotional readings. But when the book came out, she just signed her initials BC. She didn't even want anyone to know her name. She was just a vessel that God used to deliver his words to the world, and that's how she wanted it to be. Again, such an amazing picture of meekness. Another great example is Corey Ten Boom. In her later years, she was one of the most famous speakers and evangelists in all of Christianity. She would go to stadiums and speak at Billy Graham crusades and reach thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people, but she always made time to just speak love and truth to anyone that she encountered. She would go out of her way to visit prisoners on death row, the sick and the dying in hospitals, refugees that had nowhere to go. And even one story I remember, she humbled herself in front of this huge church when they introduced her in these glowing terms and just humbly talked about how she still struggled with sin and selfishness and encouraged them that God had incredible victory for them and that she was still a work in progress. And just to see her meekness even in the face of such incredible success was very inspiring to me. Now, these women all have different stories, but that core quality of meekness really was a hallmark of their lives. And again, it's because they chose to quietly submit themselves to God that he was able to work so powerfully through them. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear about meekness, I realize how I'm not naturally bent in that direction. And even those of us who are more naturally shy or reserved are not necessarily inwardly meek because meekness isn't actually a personality trait. It's an inner character quality that only can be cultivated by the Spirit of God. It's only God's enabling grace that can give us a heart that cries out, not my will, but yours be done. And that really is the essence of true meekness. The first step towards building inner meekness is to submit completely to God and ask him to work this quality in our hearts. And also we can actually practice cultivating meekness in our daily life in several practices ways. And I want to share those with you. The first one is we can practice taking the lowest place, just like Amy Carmichael did when she chose to serve those helpless babies instead of pursuing a path that would have led to fame and honor. In God's kingdom, humility is the only path that leads to true honor. Jesus said, whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Now that goes against our nature in every way to purposely choose the last place instead of the first. And that's why we need to practice cultivating this principle as often as we can. One of the best ways to practice this is to serve someone who can't repay you, to humbly give without expecting anything in return. So ask God to show you the opportunities that are around you right now, visiting an elderly patient in a nursing home, encouraging a prisoner or a refugee with truth, investing into the life of a foster child, etc., or maybe just 
serving behind the scenes at a local ministry that needs volunteers and be willing to do anything that needs to be done. Even if that means mopping floors or doing tedious data entry, it's so easy for a lot of us to approach even ministry work with a selfish mentality, assuming that if a specific task doesn't personally appeal to us, then we don't need to do it. But ministry leaders are always looking for workers who will happily do whatever needs to be done rather than demanding a job that personally caters to their likes and dislikes. And that's a great way to take the lowest place, not to demand a specific job, but to do whatever needs to be done. Another thing to consider when you are seeking to serve other people is Jesus' command to give in secret. He said, when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving will be in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It might be tempting to broadcast these acts of service that you're doing on your social media page or bring them up in casual conversations. And in our modern world, this isn't usually seen as boasting or bragging, but just as sharing life with friends and family. And it's not always wrong to let people know what you've been up to or ask for their prayers. But in a lot of cases, God wants us to actually choose to serve in secret without letting our left hand know what our right hand is doing and to let those acts of service be for the eyes of our Father alone. Are you willing to serve sacrificially even if he is the only one who sees what you're doing? Once the answer to that question becomes a joyful yes, then you will have taken a huge step towards cultivating that quality of meekness in your life. Another way to practice meekness is to answer gently. Practice that habit of answering gently. Proverbs 15.1 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When someone treats us rudely, it can feel like the most unnatural thing in the world to respond gently instead of harshly. But responding in love and gentleness instead of anger is one of the best ways to build meekness in our inner lives. Amy Carmichael once talked about a young ministry worker who was spoken to unkindly, and she was tempted to respond with a flashing angry remark. But in that moment, she felt God saying to her heart, see in this a chance to die. It was an opportunity to die to herself and choose meekness over selfishness. And she realized and said these words, a cup brimful of sweet water cannot spill even one drop of bitter water, however suddenly jolted. That's a really powerful thought. Decide in your heart ahead of time how you're going to respond the next time someone says or does something rude to you and ask God for the grace to give a soft answer instead of an angry comeback. Giving up that temporary satisfaction of answering someone rudely in exchange for cultivating a meek and quiet spirit is well worth it because, again, meekness is very precious in the sight of God. And the final way to cultivate and practice meekness in daily life is to practice surrendering to God daily. I remember the first time I surrendered my life completely to Christ. I was 16 years old, and it was a beautiful moment in my Christian walk. But since that day, there have been so many times when I've tried to take back control of my life, clinging to my agenda, fighting for my way. And I've learned that surrender is not just a one-time act. It's a daily decision to die to myself and yield completely to him. And really, it's impossible to have meekness in your life without surrender. If you're trying to cultivate meekness, but you are not willing to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, it's going to be a futile effort. Think about the women we've talked about in this podcast podcast, Mary, the mother of Jesus, surrendered her right to be recognized for being the mother of Christ, and she chose to obey God without fanfare, without applause. Amy Carmichael surrendered her life to do exciting evangelistic work in exchange for the tedious work of childcare in quiet obedience to God. Lilius Trotter
daughter surrendered her right to be a famous artist. She chose to serve in obscurity, reaching the poorest of the poor in the slums of Algeria. Biddy Chambers surrendered her right to receive any credit for compiling one of the most powerful devotionals in Christian history. Corrie ten Boom surrendered her right to be treated as an important leader, remaining humble and approachable throughout her entire ministry life. So I encourage you to prayerfully consider if there are any specific areas God is asking you to surrender. The enemy often wants to make us think that offering our most precious dreams and desires to God is the worst thing that we could ever do. But the opposite is true. When we surrender to him without holding anything back, he blesses us far more than we could ever hope or imagine. That doesn't mean our lives are going to be easy, but it means that we will find a far deeper satisfaction than anything this world could ever offer. Meekness is a truly beautiful quality, but it's one that is totally opposite of the self-promoting beauty that our culture pushes us towards. It's not a quality that is going to just come easily or naturally, but it is something that Christ is eager and willing to build within us. We just need to ask him. Meekness has nothing to do with personality, but everything to do with a quietly yielded heart. Remember, the Bible says that charm and self-promotion will fade away but the incorruptible beauty of a meek and quiet spirit will last into eternity. So where does a meek and quiet spirit begin? It begins with a heart attitude that says, not my will, but yours be done. And when that becomes the model of your soul, you will begin to showcase this incredible quality of meekness. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. For more on living a Christ-centered life, visit us at setapartgirl.com and consider joining us for our upcoming Set Apart Conference, June 7th and 8th, either in Windsor, Colorado, or anywhere you are via simulcast. I hope to see you there. Have a blessed and Christ-centered week.